North Carolina Central is looking for their second win in a row against a CAA opponent and possibly a move into the top 10 nationally. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Make it locked on HBCU. Your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off and it will cut off, unfortunately, that does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Start. I missed it. Wow, that's my first time missing in a while. But at South Exclusives starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn, and these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, so LinkedIn Jobs will help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Friday, and everybody knows what Friday means on Locked on HBCU. That means we have our game of the week. Yesterday, we had our games to watch, meaning our extra ones. But today we have our game of the week, the premier matchup, and that is North Carolina Central versus Elon. So we have a MIAC versus CAA matchup for the second week in a row. And for the second week in a row, that CAA team or MIAC team, excuse me, is North Carolina Central. Three matchups, two storylines, only one key to victory because we're only giving keys for the HBCU. We're not giving keys for Elon, but I do welcome all of my Elon fans who are here today to hear a little bit about North Carolina Central. Now, I will give this little bit of a disclaimer out there. The majority of the things that I will reference about Central will be to the game last week against Campbell. The reason I'm doing that is not only is it because it's the most recent showing from them, but then also because it's against a CAA opponent. So I just feel like that's an appropriate time to call back to that as many times as possible. So let's get into our three matchups. And the first one comes directly from that. North Carolina Central's wide receivers versus Elon's defensive backs. Because Davius Richard was the star of the show last week. He had five touchdowns, four on the ground, one through the air. But don't allow the fact that only one of his touchdowns being in the, in the passing game make you feel like the passing game wasn't effective. It was great last week. And one of the biggest reasons is because the North Carolina Central wide receivers were great. They knew how to stretch the field, not only vertically, but then also horizontally. Because, yes, you see the big plays down the field, and those are eye-grabbing. 50-yard touchdowns, 40, 50, 60-yard passes. Those are the type of things that get you immediately when you look at a stat sheet. Those are the things that jump out immediately if you're just watching. Those are the things that make your jaw drop, that make you say, oh, 
but it's also stretching horizontally because when you're running behind the line of scrimmage and you're running out towards the boundary, running out towards the sideline, a lot of times that's just a play to get your playmakers in space. And when they ever got in space, they always did something with it. I thought it was a very effective game plan by the wide receivers, or excuse me, by the offense in the way that they used the wide receivers for North Carolina Central. But then also, you can tell that they've worked with Davius Richard a lot. Because when Davius Richard drops back in the pocket, obviously they're running the routes as called. But then once he gets into scrambling, then that's when you see them play backyard football and they know exactly where to go. And it, yeah, you have some teams or some players who are just really good at that. But then also it's about knowing what your quarterback likes, knowing how to read the field the same way as they do. And I saw it specifically on a, a route with Devin Smith where he had a curl route. But as soon as Davius Richards started moving out towards the sideline a little bit, and it wasn't even it wasn't even a long pause. He didn't sit there for a while. He sat. He saw the defensive back sitting there and he moved out the way. So it's just things like that. And I just hope that they continue to use the wide receivers the same way. Also, if I can briefly mention this real quick, it's my show talking about if I can. Um, But <laughs> I love the quarterback power action that they have and not only the way that they use it in the running game, but then also the way that they use it to set up the pass. So you have quarterback power where basically you're running towards the tackle and then they always they had one. Excuse me if you can hear this, this, um, this dog barking in the background. Dog's been loose lately. I don't know what that's about, but stay safe out here. Um, <laughs> but you've seen when they run the quarterback, quarterback power, excuse me. Um, you see wide receivers going vertical. And a lot of times the defensive backs get sucked in because they understand that Davius Richard is such a threat to run the ball that they think that's what's going to happen. So I want them to use the wide receivers in those ways all the time. Next matchup, you have Elon's pass rush versus North Carolina Central's offensive lineman. And the reason I say pass rush in general is because it's not just the defensive lineman. It's not. And honestly, one of the more special players on that team is actually Caleb Curtin. And Caleb Curtin is a player who is eighth in the conference in the CAA with sacks. He has two sacks on the season thus far, two and a half tackles for a loss. He's continuously in the backfield, but then he's also that impact player for those who used to play the NCAA games. He would have a star underneath his player. And the reason that's the case is because not only is he second on his team in sacks, second on his team, Jesus, second on his team and tackles for a loss. He's also first in interceptions. He's first in pass breakups. This is a do-it-all player for them. But then you have Marvin Pearson, who's number one on the team in sacks with four. He's fifth in the conference in sacks. He has seven tackles for a loss to add to it. You have a guy like Kazim Moore, who has multiple sacks as well. So Moore and Pearson are the guys that you have to watch from the defensive inside. But then you also have Curtin, who has been able to get in the backfield from the from the secondary, but has been able to get into the backfield repeatedly. Meanwhile, Central, they've done a great job protecting Davies Richard. They've only allowed four sacks on the season, and three of those sacks came against UCLA. So in the other four games that they played this year, they only have one sack, and that was last week to Campbell. But you see in that game, there was a lot of clear pockets. There was a lot of time in the backfield for Davis Richard. Now, granted, Elon is second in the conference in sacks. So it might be a little bit different as far as the pressure that you get on him. But Richard does a good job when pressure is there of being able to avoid it with his legs because he's so athletic. So those are things that you have to look for. 
And then lastly, Jalen Hampton versus the North Carolina Central front seven. As much as I wanted to point out Elon's wide receivers versus Central's defensive backs because Central struggled with that a lot in the first half against Campbell, you can't. This is the bread and butter. Campbell's bread and butter was airing it out and passing the football. But the bread and butter of Elon is lining up and running the football with their star running back, Jalen Hampton. So, and we'll get to him towards the end of the show because he plays a part in the key to victory. So I will kind of save a little bit of this for it, but let's just go through the stats real quick. There's only been one game this year where Hampton has had less than 74 yards in a game. There's only been one game this year where Jalen Hampton has had less than five yards per carry. So he's very efficient in the yards per game, and then any carry he gets, he makes the best of it. And outside of that one game, every other game, he's been 5.6 and up. So this is something that I'm going to be looking forward to extremely highly because I think this is going to be a big part of the key to victory. I do think this is going to be something that Hampton will have to, or excuse me, not Hampton, but North Carolina Central will have to take care of if they want to win this game. So as we move forward, I have the two storylines and things that you need to watch going into this game that aren't just the X's and O's, but more so more so things from the beginning of the game and then also things to pay attention at the end, but not the things in between. That's our story. That's our uh, matchups and then also our key. And we'll look at that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, and I understand that nowadays everything can feel like a high-stakes wager. You're going in and you're saying, man, I don't know if this guy is going to work out. I don't know if this girl is going to work out. But that's my favorite part about LinkedIn is a lot of times it allows you to get more information about that person than if they just would have emailed their resume in or something like that. LinkedIn prides itself in getting you the right people on your team, the right fits to take you over the top. Right. Because the right fit can help you in so many different departments, not just the one place that they're hiring you at. So get the right fit immediately quicker and be able to vet these guys for free. Did I mention Did I mention that you don't have to pay? There's over 800 million people on LinkedIn and you don't have to pay in order to get your message and get your job out to them. Just use the purple hashtag hiring frame. You go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college is free yet again. I'm going to say that because who doesn't love free? That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. You can post your job for free. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Please still go check out the College Football Kickoff Live show. Unfortunately, I have bad news. I was informed yesterday afternoon after I released Thursday's episode that I will not be a part of the show going forward. They're moving it down to one hour and all the conference shows are kind of being removed. So, But still go check that out so you can become a more educated viewer on college football. Um, these are our storylines and the first storyline to watch, because mind you, storylines for me are things that you look at coming into the game and you look at going out of the game, but this isn't really something to watch for the most part in the middle of the game. A lot of times I leave that for the storylines and the, or excuse me, the matchups and the key to victory, but the storylines, not so much. You can watch them at moments. But for the most part, these aren't things to really watch during the game. These are just things to get you prepped up in uh, part of the story that I might tell going out of it. 
For example, the polls. That's the first storyline, the polls. See, in the FCS landscape, there's two major polls, in my opinion. And you go to the NCAA website, they'll use both of these. You have the FCS coaches poll, and then you also have the stats perform poll. Those are two different things, but they're both very respected. And I use the polls in general because they have two different rankings for North Carolina Central, and they have two different rankings for Elon. And the rankings that they give each individually tell a little bit of a story. So let's get into stats perform. Because if you ask stats perform, this is a top 25 matchup. Central comes in at number 14 in the nation. And Elon just moved into the top 25 as 25 because they just knocked off the number five team. Well, actually, I don't know what ranking William and Mary is or was in the stats perform poll, but on the FCS coaches poll, they were number five. So they knocked off one of the nationally ranked teams. So now they move into the top 25 because they beat William and Mary in a conference game, 14 to six. So it's one of those things where this is unquestionably a national game. To me, once you have two top 25 teams going against each other, especially one that's in the top 15 against another team, regardless of where else they are, this becomes a national must-watch game. And that's reflected by the fact that it's our game of the week despite only having one HBCU. That's not going to happen a lot of times, but this happened because of the scene that it set. What's big about it, right? Because you look at the storyline of two top 25s, but if you shift over, to the to the FCS coaches poll, which is the one I tend to be a little bit partial to just because I like I think it just sounds a little bit more official. It just feels like, OK, the coaches voted on this. I like this more. But Central's 11 in this. So where the storyline come in? Because Elon's not even ranked. They're not top 25 at all when it comes to this poll in particular. But where this comes in is William and Mary is number nine. They just lost. To Elon. So by just losing to Elon, I wonder. If Central is able to win this game, will they be able to jump into the top 10? Will they jump over William and Mary? Delaware's right in front of them too. Maybe Delaware and William and Mary, or excuse me, maybe Delaware and North Carolina Central move up to 9 and 10 while William and Mary drops to 11. I don't know. Especially if it's a definitive victory. I'll say this. I don't know what they do with Central. But if Central definitively beats Elon, I do believe they move into the top 10 on the FCS coaches poll, and they might be very close to the top 10 in the stats perform poll. So these are two individual things, not enough to have two separate storylines. They're just the polls. So let's, you know, kind of compact them and bring them together because they're two different things to look for, but one in the same, they're like cousins, you know, same difference, right? That's what we're really looking at there. Um, and then lastly, the second storyline for me is can you go undefeated in the CAA? Last year, you weren't able to do that. You lost to Campbell. Well, actually, Campbell was in the Big South last year. So New Hampshire was in the CAA. So maybe you did go undefeated in that game. I'm twisting it up because Campbell is now in the CAA. Last year, they was in the Big South with North Carolina A&T. So I guess you only had one team. But you went. You had two major games. You had New Hampshire, and then you also had Campbell. Now I have to make this adjustment on the fly. But you are looking to go undefeated in the CAA, regardless of what happened last year or whatnot. You're looking to go undefeated, and now you're facing the tougher team. Campbell is a solid squad. Don't get me wrong. I think sometimes we get too caught up in wins and losses. For example, Richmond. I've seen somebody try to kind of talk down on the, 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 the Hampton win over Richmond. Saying oh Richmond or the North, you know they try to talk down on the Morgan State win over Richmond, but we know Richmond two and three now. But when you look at who Richmond lost to, they lost to Morgan State, they lost to Hampton, and they lost to Michigan State. 
for the most part in FCS competition, they've been good. They just lost to Morgan State in Hampton. I don't think that brings down Richmond as a squad. They're two and three right now, but neither here nor there. I believe that Elon is the better team. They're undefeated in the conference right now. They just knocked off a nationally ranked team in William and Mary. They have a really strong defense and running game. So those are the things that we're looking at when talking about this team, as opposed to Campbell, who Campbell, they weren't able to stop a nosebleed. I don't think you're able going to, I don't think you're going to be able to drop 49 on Elon this week. I don't think that's going to be your route to winning. You might have to drop 30, maybe might have to drop 28, like, but I don't think you're going to get into a shootout, but overall, Coach Oliver spoke about why he schedules these tough games. He wants to get his team these challenges. He wants to have the, the national recognition. I hate it when coaches, or, or not even coaches, because I don't even hear coaches do this. I hate it when people try to do this whole, we don't want the national recognition. We don't care about the national recognition. Man, yeah, right. Like, you can, you can, you can be proud in your HBCU. You can be proud in the swag, the MEAC, the Celebration Bowl, and all of these HBCU exclusive things. I'm not saying you have to want to go get in the playoff system. Yes, I do. I do care about national recognition. That's me, Darian Gray, the mouth of the South. But it seems like Coach Oliver is too, because you can have the Celebration Bowl and you can have national rankings. And he said, I tell these guys, if you want the national rankings, you want these type of things, you're going to have to play out-of-conference games against strong opponents, against strong conferences. So I appreciate that because people try to sit and act like, oh, you know, that don't matter. Bro, who don't want national recognition? Who don't want to be it? Who doesn't want respect from their program? Forget the national recognition. That's just a level of respect for your program and all of the hard work that you put in and people recognizing that. Let's not be too cool and act like, oh, whatever, man. You know, I don't really need that. Shut up. Shut up, man. So to me, I like that. I appreciate that Coach Oliver came out and he said that because I stand right there with him. I think some people be faking. If you really feel that way, you really feel that way, whatever. But I think some people just be faking because oftentimes their school is not getting the national recognition. You know? But I'm really finna go on a tangent, so let me not go too far. But just overall know that I think a lot of y'all is lying about how much you care about national recognition. I ain't never heard somebody who gets it. Take that back. Jackson State did that last year, but they're one of the very few. One of the very few. Most people who get national recognition aren't up here talking about how they could care less about it. Moving forward, though, we have our key to victory. I have one key for you. I don't have a key for Elon. I don't know what Elon needs to do to win. I ain't trying to, I don't care. I don't want to know what Elon needs to do to win, right? I care about what North Carolina Central is going to do in order to win, and that's a big one. It, it comes down to just the trenches. And winning the physicality battle. But we'll get into that on a deeper level as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And listen, who made some money on that Bears-Commanders game last night? DJ Moore dropped 30 fantasy points in the first 16 minutes of the game. All right, I know this ain't a fantasy podcast, but that is ridiculous. And who had the over on him? Who had him in the parlay? Who was somebody like me who had Terry McLaurin? All right, he ain't do what he needed to do for me. That being said, make sure you go to FanDuel, whatever you do, and make sure you get paid from it. Point blank, period. Make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get some money for the things that you know or think you know. And if you put $5 down and you don't win or you do win, it doesn't matter, you get $200 back in bonus bets. So even if you lose, you never lose. 
If you win, you just won bigger. It's just that simple. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to make every moment more, whether that's with football, NBA, WNBA, or anything in between. FanDuel.com slash locked on. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. And I have a clear a clear cut key to victory for North Carolina Central. And I felt like Coach Trey Oliver, I'm going to call him Ed Oliver, Coach Trey Oliver highlighted this clearly. Win the physicality battle. He didn't say those words exactly. The way he said it was stop the run. Point blank period. You got to stop the run. He said the way to win or the way to win is to run the football. It goes both ways. You got to stop the run. And you got to run the ball. Um, But specifically with them, I think it hits a little bit harder because they have more running yards than they do passing yards this year. And they also have Jalen Hampton, who was the only Elon player who I specified in the matchup by name. We got into um, Pearson. We got into Curtin. We got into more when talking about the matchup of the pass rush, but Jalen Hampton was the headliner of that. It was Jalen Hampton versus the North Carolina Central front seven. He was actually the only player that I highlighted individually in any of them. Wide receivers versus DBs, pass rush versus offensive linemen, Jalen Hampton versus the front seven. And I think that should be a good way to illustrate just how important Jalen Hampton is, not only to the Elon uh, passing or rushing attack and the offense as a whole, but then also to this matchup, like I said at that moment, we're going to reflect back on it. 74 yards is the lowest. He had back-to-back games of over 100 yards. He has multiple games this year where he has over six yards per carry, multiple games over five yards per carry, right? This is a dominant running back. This is the second leading rusher in the CAA, and he's going to be the guy who's going to be the engine for Elon's rushing attack, or Elon's offense in general, obviously the rushing attack because he's the quarterback. And Coach Oliver was very complimentary of Hampton. He actually said they reminded him a lot of Mookie Collier. And that's a huge compliment because I know how Coach Oliver looks at Mookie Collier. He drew a lot of parallels. He said this is a team just like him or just like them, balanced, strong running back. Said he looked like Mookie a couple of times, kept emphasizing that you had to stop the run. And that wasn't a way to disrespect the quarterback because he said the quarterback's very accurate. But it doesn't matter. We have to stop the run. First and foremost, if you want to win games, you have to run the football. And like I said, that goes both ways. It means stopping the run, but it also means being able to run. And when you look at what he said about Elon's defense, he talked about that defensive line. So it all comes down to it. You can't be out physical. I felt as if in the first half of the Campbell game, North Carolina Central's defensive line was manhandled. They were pushed around. And that was a big reason on why they ended up letting 35 points up. In the second half, they got better. And that manhandling was shown in the passing game and the running game, both of them. But you got to be better. Against a team that's going to want to run on you, a team that's going to want to impose their will, if they're dominating you in the first half, knowing they're going to come back out and continue doing that, a lot of times they're going to try to tire you out. And if they're imposing your, their will on you in the first quarter, the first half, what's going to happen in the third quarter? What's going to happen five minutes left in the fourth? 
This is a different type of offense, but the, the idea is the same. I said it with Campbell. You don't want to get out physical. You can't be dominated. You can't be manhandled. And now it becomes even more important because not being dominated, out physical, or manhandled is a direct competition to what they're trying to do to you. They're trying to dominate you, and by running on you, they will take your will away. And if you're North Carolina Central, you got to run on them. Y'all have a very similar offense, according to Trey Oliver. That should allow you to prep for it. Davius Richard is going to run the football. Mookie Collier is going to run the football. That last touchdown run that he had against Campbell, that didn't ice the game, but was the last touchdown scored in overtime, was a phenomenal run. It was very strong. You have to be prepared for that. And Coach Oliver said it too. You got to tackle. Physicality was the thing that was mentioned for Elon's defense and Elon's um, offense. I keep wanting to say rushing attack and not offense, but the physicality was mentioned on both sides. That's what needs to happen. Point blank, period. But I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Of course, on Monday, we'll be back with this a little bit lesser because it's on flow, right? And I, I don't have flow. Just be honest with you, I'm not paying $20 for a couple of games to watch. So um, I'll try to see if they have something to where I can watch it. But if not, we'll come in and do the best we can do. But we're not going to go extra long about it the same way we do some of the other games. If I didn't watch it, that would be disingenuous. And I don't think I can give you all the best content that I possibly could if I do it that way. But either way, we will be back to break down how this game happened and what was the or who was the victor and how they were able to come up with the victory. So just wait till tomorrow, Friday, I mean. Um, but in the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.